You're listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast, recorded on Sundays in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our goal is to help you grow from root to fruit. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. But, uh, welcome this morning. I invite everybody to turn to uh, Acts chapter 13. Uh, if you don't know, I'm Pastor Dan, and uh, thank you for being here today. Uh, glad to have everybody with us. Um, it's Memorial Day weekend, as most of you uh you know, and uh, it's a time of barbecues and cookouts and um, the beach. So you're here. <laughs> uh, congratulations. Thank you for being here. I know a lot of people are had out taking advantage of the weather, but it's good to see everybody who is here today. Thank you for coming. Uh, it's a, Memorial Day is a, it's one of those interesting holidays, right? It's a time set aside to honor those who have given their lives for our freedom. So we want to celebrate, but we don't want to celebrate too hard. Right, you've got to like finally kind of walk that that fine line. I was doing uh, just some some research, looking into the numbers, and it's estimated that somewhere in excess of one million three hundred and fifty-four thousand men and women have paid the ultimate sacrifice to defend the freedoms that you and I enjoy today. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. You know, this isn't like a yeah. I mean, we can we're gonna we're gonna honor them. Right, the the freedom we have to be here today, like to sit here and freely talk about this, the freedom to, of our own volition, worship God without fear of harm. Right now, we're not worried about somebody bursting in through the door saying you can't do that. Right, that's one of the freedoms. You know, the freedom to pursue education, to raise families, to make a living, to vote in a democratic society, freedom to speak, <laughs> to speak freely, to live where we choose, how we choose. The freedom to root for the Mets, if you so choose. Don't know why you would, but, you know, you also you are free to root for the Yankees if you'd like to jump on the wagon now, because, I mean, we're on fire. If anybody's paying attention, like, seriously, just get out of the way. Um, but a lot of freedoms. A lot of freedoms. Scottish poet and minister Thomas Campbell said, The Patriot's blood is the seed of freedom's tree. Wow, that's that's a powerful statement. It's it's a time set apart to remember what can so easily be forgotten. And here's the simple truth from Memorial Day weekend, right? We stand on a lot of shoulders. Right? We stand on a lot of shoulders. The freedoms that we have today, here and now, cost something, right? We have so much to be grateful for. There are stories of heroism, right, that we'll never know about. There are people who have given their lives things that you and I just don't know. We will never know. Untold stories, countless stories, stories of sacrifice we've never heard, even though we are directly the beneficiary of those sacrifices. It's a poignant celebration, and it should be a celebration and respectfully observed. The value Memorial Day upholds, right? If we talk about Memorial Day, the value of Memorial Day is simply this. It's honor. It's a day of honor. To honor and give appropriate recognition to people who are worthy of it. That's why we honor their sacrifice made by so many. So today we want to just begin by expressing an appropriate measure of, of gratitude and honor today. So we're just going to open in a word of prayer. If you, if, would you join me just in a word of prayer as a way of giving honor to those? Heavenly Father, we pause today to remember the many lives that have been given so that we could live in a free democracy. The blessings and comforts we enjoy today came at a cost. Your word says that choosing to lay down your life (laughs) for another is the ultimate expression of love. 
That's what Jesus Christ did for us. So today, we honor those who have done what they could, who considered others above themselves. We do not seek to idolize these men and women. They were not saviors. Yet they had the courage and fortitude to willingly walk into the battle, knowing what it might and did cost them. Thank you for their sacrifice. We're indebted to them. May we never forget or take for granted the lives we have because of them. And would you bring comfort to the family and friends who have been left behind. May they know that the lives of their loved ones were not given in vain. May we make their sacrifice worthwhile by making the most of the freedoms we have. Lord, today may we worship without restraint and love without measure and live with gratitude and be as willing to lay down our lives for each other. In the name of the one who is our sacrifice, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. I just wanted to make sure we gave honor this morning. Uh, We're going to continue our series even greater. And uh, last week we began with John chapter 14, verse 12. And it says this, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. He says, you could ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Right? This is the verse. So we talked about what it means to be even greater. What does it mean to do even greater things than Jesus? Right? Does it mean we're going to be more miraculous? No. It's about the sense of fruit. Now, Jesus said, what, you, what happens because of what you do will have greater impact and continue. He planted the seed, and now we're, we've got a privilege of adding multi, multiplied fruit to that. And we spent time praying for God to bring freedom to those held captive by the power of despair. Now, how many of you were here last week? Any of you here last week? Many of you were here last week. It was a special service. I don't know. It was something different for our church in, in the nine years I've been pastor. It was a unique service, I felt. It was very special. There was a hunger in this room for God to show up in power, and I believe he did that. I don't know if you felt that, but I felt like God showed up in power last week in in an incredible way. And I believe God began to do a deep work in many of us. If you weren't here last week, that's okay. Um, You got it by osmosis. You're here now, and uh, it it overlaps. But I believe that our community is also filled with lots of people who are hungry for truth. Right? There was a hunger in here, but there's a hunger throughout our community for people who are genuinely searching for truth, for spiritual things. One of the reasons we felt God lead us to start a church here in this area is that we felt like Robbinsville in particular was unusually ready and hungry for truth. Felt like God said this was fertile ground, like there was something going on here that was unusual. There are two things I want to make sure we're clear on as we just move on from last Sunday, kind of reflect on last Sunday. And the first is this. When God works in a way that we can feel him, like happened last week, there is a temptation to try to reclaim that feeling. Right? God did something, and now we come back here going, oh, man, you try and... You know, try and conjure up something. If I sing the right songs that way, if I, if I, maybe I wear the same thing again. You know, I, I put those pair of shoes on, so maybe if I wear those shoes again, God will show up in a certain way. Right? And we try and kind of force things. Right? I've heard it said that, you know, preachers who don't necessarily, you know, they, they feel like God showed up in a certain way, they try and recapture that. So they get louder and louder and louder. Right? And they try and, because if they say, if I'm loud, then God shows up. And the phrase was made that they try to make up in thunder what they lack in lightning. They try to make up with thunder what they lack in lightning. So if I'll be loud enough, no, the substance here is the key. 
right? God is no longer in yesterday. He desires to do a new thing today. So today is a brand new day. This is a good thing. This is good news, right? And what God wants to do today is brand new, and it's exactly what you need today, right? And it may look and feel nothing like what God did last week. Just want to make sure that we're clear on this. Our expectations should not be based on what God has done, but on what God can do. All right. And what he can do today is easily greater than what he has done. And that's the whole point of this series, right? Even greater. That we must resist the temptation to worship what God has done in the past. To the ne- <coughs> excuse me, to the neglect of who he is and what he des- desires to do today. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to put a cough drop in. I apologize. I'll try and keep it to the side of my mouth so you don't hear it. You don't even know it's in there. It's not chewing tobacco, just in case you're curious. But if I get a can and start spitting, I don't know. All right. See, I love when the presence of God is as tangible as it was last week. Wasn't that, I mean, it's awesome, right? It's an incredible feeling. It's like an injection of holy adrenaline to my faith. You're walking through and going, man, God showed up in a powerful way. You're like, that was awesome. It's so cool. I believe God <laughs> truly was breaking strongholds of despair and began to do something that are holding this area captive for far too long. And I believe he's just getting started with what he's doing. We just need to make sure that as we gather here today, we set our expectations much higher than just what we felt last week. All right, I just wanted to make sure we, we gave that correction point as we, as we talked today, right? That, that we're clear that we can Can we invite God today to do whatever he needs to do, regardless of what last week looked like, that he can do a new thing today, right? And that it's not a letdown or that. No, no, God's doing something new every single day. All right, so that's the first thing. The second thing I want to address is this. How was your week? (laughs) How did your week go after that service? Like, how has this past week been for you? You're the man, Jake. Thank you, sir. New dad. Come on, let's give it up for Jake, everybody. After two girls, he got his boy. Woo-hoo. So we got to pray for mom and uh, little James Lewis Fenlin. So congratulations to the Fenlin family on number three who arrived this week. Mom is very happy because he was overdue. So I want to ask you, how was your week? I mean, I know we had a baby coming, but how was your week? Like, was, your, was it a good week? Was it an easy week? Was it just like, you know, man, this was the best week ever? Because I'll tell you, for me, my week was as smooth as Route 33 in front of Central Grill. Like, you know how smooth? I mean, seriously. It was, and then like with an earthquake thrown in just for fun. Just for fun. Man, this has been like a, you know, man, smooth sailing. I know some of you have shared with me throughout the week how your week has been. So I know some of your week how it's gone. I don't know everybody. My guess is that there may be others who have had a bit of a rough week. Right? That this could have been, like after a service like we had last week, you walk out on Sunday and you're like, yeah, God is awesome. And then like 10 minutes later, you're like, you know, like what is going on? Like, just, Can we go back to sing that song again? Like seriously, something helped me here because I'm about to lose my mind. And, and there's a word for this. You know what it's called? It's called resistance. Can you just all write that word down? Let's do Pastor Dre, right? Let's everybody say that. Resistance. Resistance. That's what that's called. You're trying to do something good. God's trying to do something good. And all of a sudden, 
resistance. See, when we welcome God to work in our lives, when we're hungry for God in a way we might not have been before, there's an enemy who wants to discourage and divert, confuse, attack, threaten, intimidate, and break you down. That's how it goes. It's like money in the bank. Every time God begins to do something new in you, resistance will come. You're trying to get financially secure? Guess what? You're trying to make some wise financial decisions? You're going to get resistance. There's going to be something that shows up relationally. You're going to try and make good decisions? Guess what? Resistance. Purity. You're going to try and make some decisions? Guess what? Resistance shows up. No matter what you do, when you begin something new that you feel like God is prompting you, resistance rises every time. You've got to count on it. Depend on it. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to lead a forum for younger pastors. They called me up and they were like, hey, you want to lead the forum for them? like, do I, am I a younger pastor? I'll take a younger pastor. All right, sounds good. Um, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get in that, in that category. And uh, one of the things I, I did was I, I sent out some messages throughout New Jersey to all the pastors. So we've got a good network in New Jersey, about 250 churches, about 400 ministers. And I sent out some emails to older ministers, more seasoned ministers. And I said, hey, pastors, could you, could you share some advice for younger pastors? You know, just and I began to cultivate that and put together a list. And one of those pieces of advice was from a good friend and pastor that I look up to. His name is Pastor Randy Sabella. He's in South Jersey, probably preaching right now at his church. Uh, he's a, he's a, good, uh, a, good, a good man. He said this. He said, spiritual attacks always mark the beginning of a new season. Always. So if you experienced resistance this week, I got one word for you. Congratulations. God is doing something new in you. Seriously, let's, let's just flip this for a minute, can we? If you had one of those weeks, you know, from you know where, guess what? That's exactly where it's from. It's called resistance and God is doing a new thing in you. And it may not look like it, it may not feel like it, but I can promise you there is even greater in front of you than behind you and resistance proves it. Because here's the thing, if you weren't threatening anybody and if you weren't doing something new, the enemy wouldn't care and would let you just continue on unopposed in your ignorance. But because you're trying to do something good, resistance shows up. So it's always an indicator when there's oppression and opposition spiritually to you doing the things God, it's always an indicator you're on the right path. Since the beginning of time, the enemy has been trying to keep people from believing the truth. To keep people, to resist. So today I want to explore an encounter the Apostle Paul had with a man who is hungry for truth. And we're going to see how the enemy tries to resist him. Right? And I believe Paul's response has relevance for us today. I really do. I think as we sit there and go, okay, what do we do with the fact that I'm trying but I'm getting resistance? How do we manage that? Because let me tell you, it's discouraging. I want to quit. I want to go back because it's easier on the other side. It's easier without resistance. Right? I'm sitting on the bench. Nobody cares. Nobody's calling me names. Nobody's, att- nobody's accusing me of anything. Nobody's pushing. I don't get nothing. I'm just, um, I may not be a threat to anybody, but life's a whole lot smoother. What do we do with that? Can you think of someone in your life, maybe a family member or a friend, who you would describe as hungry for spiritual things? Maybe a, we, I use, use the word like a mystic, right? Are there people in your life that you know they're just they're searchers, they're seekers? It seems like they're always looking for, 
or meaning in things, right? They're, they're kind of on this quest throughout life. You call them a spiritual person, but they may not have a relationship with God. They may be even of another faith. They may not embrace any faith tradition, but you sense that they have a hunger for something more. Can you think, just think of somebody right now in your life who you would say is a spiritual person. Perhaps you've even been praying for them to know Jesus like you know him. Maybe that's been your prayer. Jesus, God, just help them. I mean, they're on this spiritual quest, but would they, know, would, would they know you, God, like I know you? And perhaps today, that's actually you. Perhaps you're in here and you're going, yeah, I'm, I'm that person. I'm a spiritual person. I'm trying to figure it out, but I don't know what I think about this stuff. I'm trying to figure out what's true. I'm trying to figure out who God is. I'm hungry for the truth, but something just continues to keep you from really believing that Jesus is who he says he is. So today at the conclusion of the message, I just want to let you know now we're going to spend some time in prayer. Not a long time. I'm not going to try and be like last week, but we're going to spend some time in prayer. And we're going to pray this prayer that the truth would be received by all who are hungry for it. That's it. We're going to pray that the truth will be received by everybody who's hungry for it. So we're going to start by reading the story. Acts chapter 13. It'll be on the screen as well if you want to follow along. This is probably one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture, and uh, you will see why. This is like, this needs to be a movie. Seriously, it's going to be awesome. Here we go. Verse 4, it says, So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia, and they sailed for the island of Cyprus. And there in the town of Salami, sorry, Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogues and preached the word of God. John Mark went with them as their assistant. Isn't this gripping? Can you see the plot thickening? Verse 6, it says, Afterward now, I mean, they're traveling, two guys traveling. Afterward, they traveled from town to town across the entire island until finally they reached Paphos, where they met a Jewish sorcerer, actually word magi, same as wise men, right? A wise man, right? A false prophet, check that, not a wise man, Named Bar Jesus, Bar meaning from son of Jesus, descendant of Jesus. That was sort of his his Hebrew name. Verse seven says he had attached himself to the governor Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent man. The governor invited Barnabas and Saul, still using Saul's right his his Hebrew name here, right Saul to visit him for he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas. The sorcerer who was Bar-Jesus, same guy, Bar-Jesus is Elymas, right? That's his Greek name now, Bar-Jesus, Hebrew name. Greek name, he's like, let me tell you what his Greek name is, because his Greek name right, is the sorcerer. He's not a wise man, right? He's not from Jesus at all. He's just right, a fraud, right? His name is Elymas, interfered. So this guy, the governor, is like, hey, can you teach me about Jesus? Paul, Saul and Barnabas are like, yeah, we can tell you. And Elymas interfered. And urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Paul said. So just pause here. Just imagine the setting. Right? You've got this governor sitting on his seat, like in the royal, you know, wherever he is, in his official room. Right? And, and, and Barnabas and Saul are there trying to present to him the truth. And he's got this guy, Elymas, over here, like, pay no attention to them. Pay no attention to them. Like, what would you do if you were Barnabas and Saul? Like, would you be like... Yo, like, can, we can hear you. Like, you're right in, we're in the room. Like, right here, I'm looking at you, man. And you're saying this right now? Right here? Okay, this is my favorite part of the story. You ready? Here we go. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. Saul, also known as Paul, let's tell you about his new name. 
Right, his new name is Paul. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And from this point forward in the rest of scriptures, it will refer to Saul as Paul. This is the flip right here. That's where it happens. This is the first time right, Saul has moved out. And it's his first time actually preaching. He says, was filled with the Holy Spirit and looked the sorcerer in the eye. He was like, hey, buddy, right now, look at me. Here we go. Then he said, you son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud, an enemy of all that is good. Like, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Let's pause here. I hear this almost, go back for a minute. I hear this almost, right, come on, like mafia, right? Hey, hey, you son of the devil, right? Like, you can hear that, right? The Italian, you're like, come on. Full of every sort of deceit and fraud, right? Enemy of all that's good. You're never going to stop perverting the true ways of the Lord. See, my, my family's from Long Island, so I've got a little bit of that in me. I'm sorry. That was terrible. Okay. Well, you never stop. Watch now. Watch now, everybody. Pause. Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Come on. That's like that's bad, man. Instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes. Instantly. And he began groping around and begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. When the governor saw what had happened, he became a believer. For he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. Heavenly Father, I ask you this morning, help us understand how this story relates to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. A couple cast of characters, right? Let's look. First, we got Paul. Right? First time now, Paul, if you remember, Paul was that guy who was like killing all the Christians. Right? His name was Saul. Right? He thought he was on a holy war because these Christians were... And they were losers. They didn't understand. They were corrupting the Jewish ways. So he's on a mission to kill them all. All of a sudden, he's riding on his horse. God knocks him off his high horse, literally knocks him on the ground. Paul goes blind. Right? Saul, I'm sorry, at the time Saul. Saul goes blind. Says this bright light from heaven. God's speaking. Why are you doing this, man? You're, you're, why are you persecuting me? Paul goes through this conversion experience. He's like, wow, understands that this is actually God. Now goes and trains and God sends him out. Right, he sends him out on mission. This is the very first time Paul is speaking to anybody that's not Jewish. It's the very first time in the entire scriptures, in the entire history, that Paul is speaking to someone not Jewish. We know that Paul goes on to speak throughout the entire Asian world, right? The, the, the Eastern Europe, right? He's going throughout Greece and Rome and all the way to, Southern, to, to Asia Minor. He's going all these different places. And it starts here. Right? This is new ground for him. He was a Jew. And now moving from the known people into unknown people. I'm going to go, this governor wants me to talk. I don't know what this is going to be like, but let's just go see what happens. Let's go. He's inviting us to come tell him the message. It's the beginning of the work God would do through Paul. Probably a moment he would look back on throughout his life. He'd come back to this moment. So that's Paul. Right? The next we've got is the governor. His name is Sergius Paulus. He's a wise man. He wants to hear. And he's hungry for truth. Hey, I want to know. Maybe he's curious, you know, what, what new teaching Paul has. Maybe he's just, you know, just likes to hear people talk. He's obviously got influence over the region and knows that new ideas can cause problems among the people. He's like, hey, come tell me the story so I understand what's going on. But I'm curious. I'm hungry. Let me know. Come teach me. Right? And then, and then you've got Bar-Jesus or Elymas, right? The, the fraud, the sorcerer, the wise man who's really not, who was a Jewish man. Think about this. A Jewish man who's claiming to be a sorcerer, 
claiming to be, you know, a magician of the dark arts. And I can, I can, I've got power. He's, he's a fraud. He's just, and he's in the ear of the governor, right? Just chirping away, right? Just, just chirping away. You know people like that, right? You maybe, maybe you work with people like that, right? They have no power, but they're in the ear of the boss, right? And you're like, oh, you son of the devil, right? You want to, you want to say that to them, right? You know, that's him. His only goal, his only goal was to keep the one who wants to hear from hearing. That's Elemas. And Paul isn't having any of it. So he flexes his Jesus muscles. He's like, all right, here we go. I so wish I could have been a fly on a wall in that room. A few takeaways for us. Just so that's the story, right? Here's the story. So here's some takeaways for this story, right? First, there are people who are hungry to hear the truth. We can only go through the motions for so long. If you're truly hungry for the truth, at a certain point, like pad answers, right, and just simple things, they don't satisfy you. You begin to crave, like, okay, I need to know what's true. Right? Have you ever been in a situation where people are like, eh, don't ask questions. Like, how, did, how long do you last in that? Where you're like, just go with it, just go with it. Go. I, no, I got questions. I got questions. We crave something real. We're hardwired for truth. There's nothing less that can satisfy our soul. There are people all throughout our world that are hungry for truth. This world is filled with people hungry for truth. This community, I talk to them every day, right? I talk to people all the time. They're like, oh, you're a pastor? Yeah. And, they, and I can just see. At first, they're like, that's kind of weird. Then they're like, oh, i got a question for you. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, what's the deal with Revelation? I'm like, why is that the question? Why is it always the question? Why is it Revelation? Right? But then they start, we just, but there's a hunger. What's real? Right? And they start to ask things. The second thing is that there's an enemy that works to keep people from believing. When truth is declared, the enemy will do everything in his power to keep people from believing. And this is called, again, resistance. Resistance. There is always an enemy who wants to keep people from believing. That's what happened this past week, right? You go through a truth clarifying moment where you, ah, I got some revelation. Resistance. Resistance. Hey, pay no attention to that. Pay no attention to that. You're trying to do what's good, and there's an enemy just trying to take you down. Trying to take you down. Perhaps you are here today, and you want to believe. You really want to believe all this stuff about God, but there are just voices in your ear telling you, ah, it's all all a fraud. These people are just well-meaning but misguided. They're off. There's no substance here. That can't possibly be true. It's not logical. It's not real. It's not concrete. You can't believe that, right? And you start to hear Elamas in your ear. The one behind those voices is not interested in your good. Those voices themselves are fraudulent and deceitful and are bent on keeping you from all the good God has for you. There are people throughout this community who are spiritually hungry. They are searching for truth. It's fertile ground, and you know what? The enemy knows it. He knows it. He knows when people are ready for it. He knows when people are hungry. And he seeks to deceive and keep people from the truth. But here's the best news. Ready? Part three. You have power to silence the enemy. We have power to silence the enemy. Wherever Jesus was, when he came in contact with the enemy, listen to what he would do. Mark chapter 1 says this. says, many sick and demon-possessed people brought to Jesus. That sounds like fun, right? The whole town gathered at the door to watch. I can understand why. 
So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But listen to this verse. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Every time Jesus came in contact with a demon, they'd want to start saying stuff, and he would say, silence. Shut you down. Silence. You are not allowed to speak. You have no voice here. We have been put on this earth here and now to silence the enemy, to bind him, and to end his influence. And not only that, we have the power to reveal truth to anyone who is genuinely spiritually hungry. If people want to hear, we've got the power to not only silence the voices of deception, but then to amplify the truth. The truth we get to share is very simple. It's this. Here's the message, right? Here's the message. It goes something like this. This is probably what Paul was trying to tell the governor when, when the guy's in his ear. He goes, it goes like this. We're made by God. We're loved by God. We're designed to be in relationship with him for eternity. The key to experiencing the only life that satisfies those longing us, in us is only found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Since the day life began, God has been revealing his love for us. That's what Jesus Christ came to show. Salvation is a gift of grace, right? We didn't earn it. We have the opportunity to receive it. This life, this grace, this faith, it's not a have to, it's a get to, right? That's the truth. You don't have to, you get to. That's the truth. That's the message people need to hear. It's not a have to, it's a get to. It's not a have to, it's a get to. It's the sum total of faith in a nutshell. It's grace. You didn't earn it. You can't buy it. God loves you, and he gives it to you freely. We have the power to silence the deception and amplify the truth because the deception goes something like this. You've got to earn it. You've got to work your way into it. You're not good enough, right? You don't, you don't deserve it. You haven't done enough. You're not smart enough. You haven't done enough good, right? You, 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 you sit there, and you can work all day long. God can't really love you. I know what you did. I know what you think. I know what you feel. I understand. You are worthless. You are nothing. That's voice of the enemy in your ear, and I'm not going to sit there because you hear it all week long. You're not enough, you're not enough, you're not enough. And God says, you could never be enough and I love you anyway. And that's truth. Silence the voice of the enemy. Amplify the voice of truth. The truth says you are who he says you are. It's a world full of people that are hungry for the truth, but the enemy is just chirping in their ear. You have the power to silence deception and amplify the truth. There's no greater message people need to hear than the truth about life. Because you know what's at stake? The only thing that's at stake here is everything. Eternity is what's at stake. It's our entire existence. That's what's on the line. Does it matter? It absolutely matters. So what? So silencing deception and amplifying the truth, how does that start? It was S.D. Gordon that said this, You can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. We've been sharing with you our X factors for the week. Remember, every, every message we got an X factor. It's how can you take this and apply it in such a way that it makes a difference Monday morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, throughout your week, as you're navigating town center, as you're going through that nice smooth road like this. I've heard it's getting repaved, so hopefully... In your programs, you have a little card. I want to take that out right now, everybody. Just take out that card. 
Look at that card. And there's a prayer on that card. And the prayer goes like this. In the name of Jesus, silence the voice of deception and make loud and clear your truth. In the name of Jesus, silence the voice of deception and make loud and clear your truth. Can we pray that every day? Can we pray that every day? What would happen if we prayed that every day? What might happen? What might actually happen in your life if you pray that over yourself? God, silence the voices of deception that are in my ears. They're trying to keep me from believing. What if you prayed for it? Can I tell you, please don't pray this generally. Don't just say, God, silence the voice of deception and uh, amplify the voice of truth. Make it loud and clear. Right? Okay. I tell you, that's the kind of prayer that, yeah, you can do that. Listen, it's not going to hurt. It's not, I don't know how much it's going to help either. But let's make this specific. If there are voices that you know are not true, but they have your ear, speak to them. In Jesus' name, God, this voice continues to tell me I'm not good enough. Silence it. Call, identify it. The Word tells us to take captive every thought. If there's a thought that's been planted in your head that is occupying real estate here, that has no business being there. If it's not true, it doesn't belong, it's doing no good. It's physically observable in your head. You can tell them thoughts are things. You can see them in the brain. I'm telling you, what as you think so you are, what's in your head begins to change everything. It starts here. It's a battleground. God, there's a voice in my head and it's coming from the enemy. It's not you. I know it. Because your word says I'm worthy and it's telling me I'm not. It's telling me I'm not enough. It's telling me I can't believe. God, silence this voice in my head. and Amplify your truth. Be specific. Pray specifically for people you know that are hungry for spiritual things. For people who want more but have something keeping them from Jesus. There are people that we have been praying for for a long time. There are people that you meet every day and you go, man, that person, I, Jesus said, man, they're close to the kingdom. They're so close. i got so many friends on my list. The people that I think are close. And something just continues to keep them. And I know what it is. In the name of Jesus, pray for them by name. Silence the voice of deception in their life. By name. We're charged with doing even greater, with helping people hear truth more than ever before. It's our call. I'm going to call up the band. We're going to close in just a minute. Would you just, can we pray right now? Would you just bow your heads? We're going to pray right now. I invite you to join me. In the name of Jesus right now, Lord, I pray that salvation would come throughout this community. We ask for something uncommon to happen here, God. Perhaps something that's never been done before. May this community experience a great turning to Jesus that will hard to be explained when it happens. God, that's what we ask. We ask for your spirit and your truth to take up dominion here. As we're praying, if you're here today and you are struggling to believe, if there are voices in your ears that are straight up keeping you from believing and you are hungry to believe, I'd like to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now, right where you are. If that's you today, would you just pray this prayer with me? God, you see me. And you know me. I am hungry for the truth. I crave it. 
And I need you to silence any deception that is in my ears right now. And would you make the truth of your love for me so loud that I can't miss it? Spirit, begin to speak right now. God, right now, would you just begin to silence the voice of the enemy here? In this church among us? Lord, in this general area, Lord, throughout the neighborhood of Town Center and Foxmoor and throughout Robbinsville, Lord, would it just begin to radiate, Lord, a silencing of deception in this community? Start with us. Lord, make your love so loud we can't miss it. Lord, if Lord, we just pray. Lord, we know people who are hungry for the truth. And if you know someone right now that's hungry for the truth, would you pray for them right now by name? By name, right now, where you are, say their name. Begin to speak their name. Today we declare the enemy has no right to the ears of the people we love and live with. Father of lies, we look you in the eye. You are full of every sort of deceit and fraud, and you are the enemy of all that is good. Today, here and now, in the name of Jesus, you will stop perverting the true ways of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, we do not allow you to speak. We lift up right now husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, classmates, co-workers, neighbors, teammates, young, old, rich, poor, religious, irreligious. Today we join together with the believers throughout the globe to lift high the life-changing truth of salvation. We are loved, we are known, we have been died for. We are meant to know you, God, and you know us. Salvation is found in Jesus alone, and we want everyone in this town to know it. We ask in the name of of Jesus for salvation to come here now. Throughout this community, throughout this county, may salvation come to those who have been in darkness. Lord, may the hungry find you, Jesus, the bread of life, and may they be satisfied. May those who have struggled for years to believe struggle no longer. May truth be loud and clear in their ears today. Like the roar of a lion, let the word of truth reverberate throughout every home in this community. Would there be such a sound of truth that people are filled with awe and wonder? We ask that not one person who is hungry for the truth would be left wanting. We're called to do even greater things, and this is how it starts. In the name of Jesus, we ask for salvation to come to Robbinsville. Mercer County, to all the surrounding towns and the cities. God, would you do your work in and through us? Silence the voice of deception. Help us to identify it. Put our finger on it. Let us recognize it when we hear it. And in those moments where something comes that tries to keep us from believing, we turn to you and say, in the name of Jesus, silence. You are not intended for my good. You're trying to keep me from everything good. No more. God, we welcome you today. To speak truth, may it be loud. Let truth reverberate loudly throughout our lives. So throughout this room, Thanks for listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit us at wearelifetree.com or on Facebook and Instagram at wearelifetree.